You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. The Neverland Podcast, episode 117. Welcome to Neverland. Take a start of the right and stay until morning. Take that pixie out of your pocket and sprinkle some of that pixie dust around. Grab your happiest thought. We're going to Neverland, and my goodness, I've got so many different things to dive into that, I mean, I've recorded segment here, segment there. I had actually even recorded the entire show already this week, and I had a recorder that failed where I was trying to have Lost Boy Eric on with me this week, but it didn't quite work out that well. I tried out a new recorder. It didn't work out so good. But that's okay, we are still here, and oh my goodness, uh, we could dive right in and we could talk about some Oscar news, but I'm not too concerned about that. There's definitely, you know, some some things to look for. I mean, we got some Disney animated and some Pixar animated that's involved in the best animated feature, uh, but, you know, I haven't really paid attention to the Oscars in a long time. But what we could also talk about is Disneyland's 60th anniversary special last Sunday night, and one of the things they shared was a little bit about the new Star Wars experience, and of course we're going to talk about that during our Disney Park news. We, of course, are going to welcome Pixie Heather, also known as the Windy Nerd. She is going to join me in a movie review of Eddie the Eagle, which, yes, I know it's not a Disney movie, but it's definitely got some Disney quality to it, and its uh, I, I think you'll enjoy the review. I'll tell you whether or not you'll enjoy the movie later when we do the review. Joining us in the trailer park this week will be Lost Boy Philip, as we're going to take a look at the trailer that they showed during the 60th anniversary show for Pete's Dragon. We're also going to dive into a fun attraction with Eric, because he has sent us lots of new Disneyland audio, and also, you know, I really got a crack in there. I've got a lot of audio that Lost Boy Jesse has shared with us that I still haven't shared with you. Uh, we've got so much Disney audio that I really am going to share as much as I can. We're also, of course, going to have some fun in the Neverland Storybook, also with Pete's Dragon. And, of course, we've got an interesting uh, bit of movie news to talk about with uh, an announcement that we've heard this week and what it may mean for some of our favorite characters from Marvel Studios, and if anything is going to be changing, do we think? Uh, all of this is coming. I didn't really list it out in the order it's all going to happen, but uh, we got so much fun to have and so many different things to talk about this week. Really, I figure we just should get started. How about it? Let's go! This is Gary Gnu, and the no Gnu's is good Gnu's show. The only TV Gnu's program guaranteed to contain no Gnu's whatsoever. Neverland news from the Disney parks. Alright, first thing is, of course, some great Disney park news. My goodness. Uh, we, of course, did get to see the Star Wars experience. We got to see some of the same things, I think, that we saw for D23, if you managed to look online and see some of the things they revealed during D23. But they animated some of the artwork we had seen before and gave us a glimpse of, uh, I guess some design computer footage uh, so we kind of got a little bit of an inside glimpse but the, the thing that caught my attention is we we heard a little bit more about this Millennium Falcon experience or attraction ride uh, that uh, 
you're actually going to get to pilot and fire the lasers and stuff in some sort of an adventure. Now, what this brings to mind for me is Mission Space. Now, Mission Space, of course, you have four people who are given different roles in a ship, and you all have a predetermined uh, video, basically, you're doing, and you're you're told to commence with a certain action at certain times. And I was thinking, well, it, normally on the Millennium Falcon, you have two people who can fit in the cockpit, and a pilot and a co-pilot, and then you have two people working cannons on the upper and lower side, or if you happen to be flying sideways, you know, so you can get that shot if the gun happens to be stuck, you know, you'd be on the sides. So I'm thinking that you could probably fit about four people on this, on, well, in each, I'm sure there's going to be more than one, you know, simulator or whatever, um, but I figure four at a time will be working together, have a position, and... How interactive this will be, don't know, but I have a feeling you're going to have some various adventures, and you'll have a task to do during the uh, the course of the adventure. You know, I so I mean, it could be a whole thing with just one person. You each get to have maybe a family gets experience together in in the cockpit or something like that. But uh, you know, this is kind of where I'm 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 seeing this going. It's like, well, hey, this guy is this gunner, this guy is this gunner, and this person is this pilot, and this person is this co-pilot, and so everybody has different functions. And so you could come back and write it multiple times and get in for you know doing different jobs like people do for Mission Space. That's possible of what this could be. But all they've really said is you're going to get a chance to pilot and fire the guns on the Millennium Falcon. Also, they did talk about something we knew about where the First Order has arrived and another attraction puts you right in a battle between the First Order and the Resistance, which also looks like a lot of fun. And I think they're definitely taking cue from Universal where the Wizarding World of Harry Potter really immerses you into that world. This, you know, as as they called it the Star Wars experience, and we know that they're going to have cast members that are going to be droids and aliens and people from in the world. You're going to step in there and you're just going to be part of this planet. Uh, with all these fun adventures to have. So I, if we weren't excited about this before, uh, I, I think we're definitely getting more excited as this goes on. Another little fun bit of information that just came out is that Disney is going to be adopting a seasonal price on a one-day ticket. And I guess there is going to still be package values, but they're going to look... Uh, because of visitation, and we all know that there are peak seasons... And, well, I, I figure we all know that, right? There are peak times, like, you know, during the... Uh, let's, let's say... May, June, July is, is more of a peak thing as summer begins and people go off on their vacation. But around August, things slow down because people go back to school, you know, the teachers, the students, things like that. Uh, Christmas picks up, you know, around December. We know also that October is going to pick up, you know, for Halloween time. But then it also falls off back like in January. You know, so there's there's variance in the visitors. And so they're going to actually adjust the pricing of single-day tickets and packages around these peak times. Um, so this could be a good thing. This could make it a little easier for you to afford a ticket, perhaps, to go at certain times. Uh, so maybe, you know, if they lower the prices around the non-peak times, maybe it'll encourage more people to come into the parks at those times. Uh, I'm sure there's a plan. Uh, right now, I have not seen a listing of what these prices are going to be and the different fluctuations. But uh, I've, I think this also gives them more freedom to fluctuate you know the the prices depending upon trends they can go in and just change it and they don't have to keep telling us oh yeah we raised their overall prices again and have us all go what i couldn't afford it before and now i really can't afford it. Uh, so but you know this this could work out very nicely i think though um because i don't think they're going to want the prices to go up too much i think that they know where they can you know raise and lower some prices to encourage more people to the parks and i think that's what they're aiming for uh, also as 
as of course we all know, Luigi's flying tires over in Cars Land and in the Disney's California Adventures apparently didn't go very well. And so it has now been replaced with a new ride, Luigi's Rollickin' Roasters. It's presented by Alamo and it's going to open on March 7th. This is really cool. It's uh, Luigi's cousins from Carsoli, Italy. They have come for a special celebration in Radiator Springs, and they're all getting together and doing traditional uh, Italian, sorry, almost an Irish, traditional Italian dances, apparently. And so you get to ride in one of these cars, and it's a trackless ride system, and the cars are going to go together and do this dance. Now, to fully understand this, you know, I really couldn't explain it anymore. You know, they have a video on the Disney Parks blog, and it's up on YouTube, and you should really go take a look at this. This is almost like being a part of a Broadway musical. All these cars are dancing in this nice, fun patterns, and sometimes apparently you'll be in the middle and everybody will be dancing around you. And it can be different every time you ride because every car is a unique person. Well, a car, I guess, but they have their own names and personalities. So it's really cool. Uh, but I, to best explain this, I don't think I can really do it justice. I want to play for you the audio of the video that I've got on Disney Parks blog about this, where the Imagineers talk about what they've done here, and you get to hear a sample of some of the music. And I, I tell you, this is the cutest looking ride I've ever seen with a bunch of cards in it. And I really want to get over there and give this a ride. So here is the audio from their video. Just singing for you why we go rollicking in Radiator Springs. At Imagineering, we're always on the lookout to find new ways to tell new stories, especially in a place as rich and loved as Cars Land. And we felt this was a great opportunity to bring Luigi's cousins over from Carsley, Italy, to be here for race day in Radiator Springs. Guests will ride along with our dancing cousins as they go through their dance moves inspired by Italian folk dances that they learned back in their village of Carsley. You'll see that 20 of Luigi's cousins have come over from Carsley, Italy, and they all have their own unique personality. They all have their own names. They have different paint colors, paint styles. Some have luggage racks. The boys have mustache grills. We have five different songs they'll be dancing along to, and each ride is going to be different and unique. There are 18 individual paths that the vehicles run on. Regardless of what color vehicle you are on, they will switch paths on every run. And some of the paths are very unique and will take you into the center of the dance floor where every all the other cars are dancing around you. We have designed two special vehicles to accommodate our guests with disabilities and so that they are able to enter the cars and enjoy the attraction with their families as well. Being part of the opening team and seeing the attraction being built from ground up is just a once-in-a-lifetime experience because, again, not everybody gets to see this happen. Working with Walt Disney Imagineering is a great experience as well because we get to meet everyone that gets to breathe life into this attraction, this experience, and it's just such a great partnership. The thing that I'm most excited about this attraction is that it is designed for the entire family. So all of us on the Attractions Project team are, are super excited to invite all the guests to come in and see what everybody has done. We're so proud of the attraction, and we just can't wait for everybody to dance with all the cousins. Ciao, Bella! There'll be spectacle, there'll be fantasy, there'll be daring do and stuff like you would never see. You people seeing this for the first time, Kermit, I got a great picture of the chicken. Oh, good. 
I was in the hospital for a year when I was a kid. All the doctors said I should give up sports. Where do you think you're going, young man? The Olympics. You better take this. Put your medals in. Thanks, Mum. For as long as I can remember, it has been my ambition to become an Olympian. Yeah. Eddie, you are not an athlete! I just needed to find the right sport. Britain hasn't had a ski jumper since 1929. I'm going to be a ski jumper. He's going to break his neck. I'm going to break his neck. The time to start jumping is when you're five or six. I heard you were a champion, so I was thinking maybe you could give me a few tips. Give up. There's one for free. Watch this guy, number two in the world. And he knew what he was doing. It's not actually going to jump, is it? You're not going to give up, are you? You want your moment, Eddie? You've got to do this for real. Our strategy will best be described as ugly but effective. The Olympics is associated with certain qualities, excellence, achievement. They have no desire to associate with defeat. You're a disgrace to the sport. Good. Personal best! And we're a disgrace! Mr. Edwards. Your jump doesn't count. Because you just changed the rules. Don't I have a right to represent my country? No. My dream's turned into a nightmare. It's a world that doesn't want to know you. So what's new? The British Olympic Association is trying to stop me. I have to do this. The press all want to hear your story. I was kicked off every team I was ever on before I even got a chance to prove myself. I take jumping very seriously. Nearly as much as proving people wrong. And where do you think you're going? The Olympics. I thought you might need this. It's higher than you jumped before. Faster than you've gone before. You can break bones. You're lucky if you can walk again. As your coach, I think you're crazy. But as your friend, fly. You ready, the eagle? Okay, so granted, it's not a Disney film, but we went and saw Eddie the Eagle, which was close enough to a Disney film. It uh, it takes place in the exact same Olympics as Cool Runnings, and actually even has a similar plot to Cool Runnings. But that's not a bad thing. Nope, it was really good. I gave it four tissues. <laughs> yeah, because that's exactly how many tissues she went through during the course of the movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is usually actually a pretty good rating scale, if you know Heather. That means she got emotionally involved with it. Uh, and they do a very good job. Um, even, uh, and I looked in the, the credits, they got two brothers, one a little younger than the other, to play uh, Eddie Edwards, or Michael Eddie Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know if Eddie is a nickname or his middle name, though, because it might have been, you know, they just called him Eddie for his last name, Edwards. They might have just yeah. called him Eddie. I'm not sure how he, he got where he was being known by that. That's, we, they didn't really go into it, but it was kind of curious. I didn't realize his first name was really Michael until they started using it when he does make it to the Olympics. I won't tell you what happens at the Olympics. Because I don't want to spoil that. Well, I bet they could probably guess. I mean, no, it's... that I, unless you remember it from 1988, like because I don't, I don't remember what happened. I didn't know how things were going to go once he got there. You know, going into the movie, I don't know anything about him. I was just going along for the ride. Yeah, so, and so you know, not knowing what's going on, but um, you know, make me throw me right off my point. But uh, so, but they had these two brothers that was playing the younger version. That that's pretty much what the opening credits are: is watching him as a as a boy. Uh, and growing up, and they endear the character to you right from the start. Yep, he's, he's you know your typical underdog. Nobody 
really wants to have much to do with him. They think he's a loser, you know, always. And that, that theme runs through the whole, <clears throat> whole movie and he has to prove everybody wrong that, you know, and, but that's part of what gives him his heart and ends up endearing him to like the world, basically. Yeah. Is him being who he is. But yeah, it starts out, he's, he dreams of being an Olympic athlete, but has absolutely no real athletic ability for all the things he tries to do. And he's not even really sure like what what uh, competition he wanted to wants to go in. He just yeah, kinda he's trying everything, trying everything. So he starts with like you know track and field, and then if oh, you've no, seen careful, you don't, don't if you've seen the trailer, but... you know you see him like <laughs> yeah. putting the javelin or whatever through the through the window. Through the window. And this is after he's and... done all these different things and and, and fell down, and it shows mm-hmm. him breaking all his glasses all the time. Yeah. And uh, it's... Which I I like that he's putting his broken glasses in the the box his mother gives him for his medals because. The broken glasses really do symbolize how he really is kind of winning at the struggle of going to the Olympics Mm -hmm. as he keeps persevering. He's got this optimism that he – there's times, you know, he's he's human. There's times he really does kind of, you know, get a little down. But he's always got this optimism and this courage that he's just not going to quit and he's always going to try. And he takes even the smallest successes as a big gain and he gets excited about it, which plays heavily into the how things go for him. Well, yeah, like as he's making progress. But don't don't say too much. Well, <laughs> as, I can say this, like as he's making progress, you know, he gets one win and he's like, "Okay, I'm ready for the next, you know, big." Yeah. Always big looking thing. for the next yeah. challenge. So, you know, it's it's really endearing in that way mm-hmm. and it even um I mean, you know, you if you've seen the trailer, you know like he's got uh, Hugh Jackman that his character is a coach, yep. you know. And well, not really a, a coach because he tells him flat out, so "I am not your coach." Well, okay, whatever. But, <laughs> but he's his um, he best friend, I'd up, say. He does end up being kind of that way, too. Yeah. He does mentor him and things like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, he even makes a difference in his life. It just yeah. seems like even though people, you know, a lot of these athletes and stuff, oh, I don't know you, you're, you're a joke. Um, he ends up really touching everybody's life that he comes into contact with. Yeah, and a lot of people that you wouldn't think that, uh, you know, because there's, there's a guy kind of near the beginning that's uh, – was a, uh, I guess he was like the star of, uh, of ski jumping from Norway, uh, Manny. And, uh, you know, when you first meet him, he seems like he's going to be kind of a jerk. And you don't see a whole lot of, of him through most of the movie, but, uh, he's got a nice return appearance that you're like, oh, wow, I didn't expect this, you know, yeah. so he kind of uh, redeems himself. But, uh, and uh, the nice thing is Hugh Jackman's character, uh, they just call him Peary. His name is Bronson Peary. He was a uh, an Olympic ski jumper previously, who United kind of States. fell out of gra- yeah for the United States. He kind of fell out of grace with his instructor, uh, with his coach, and so there's even a nice redemption story for him because he's known as basically the drunk that uh, cleans the snow up at the uh, this great thing in Germany where everybody comes to train for ski jumping. And it is nice to get they get to see because it would be it would seem this completely unbelievable story if they hadn't showed him. As he grows up, after he decides, oh wow, I really I want to go for the Winter Olympics, and I'm going to learn to ski. And you show him as a boy when he learns to ski, and you see that he's he wins some competitions as a boy with schools and stuff like that. So you you get an establishment that yeah, he did learn to ski, but ski jumping, of course, is a different matter. So, yeah, his but was it, like it does, downhill. His yeah. his yeah, his sport was downhill, and yeah. you see him, and he thought he was going to go for that. Yeah. <laughs> But then, then you like. I mean, if you've seen the trailer, you know, like the Olympic Committee is really, was really, really down on him. On him Which so. we did recognize an actor in there, Tim McInerney, mm-hmm. who played Percy in Blackadder, good at playing a real uppity British jerk. Yeah. <laughs> also recognized Jim Broadbent from the Harry Potter films, or at least those yeah. last last few. Uh, uh, I prefer he played Slugworth. Professor Slugworth. Slugworth, yeah. No, Slugworth. I don't think it was. Not the right Slugworth. Name. Uh, pfft, Slughorn. Sl- well, no, that was the other guy. I thought. 
It was the potions master. Oh, because it was the slug club. So yeah, it's, it's slug something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Slugworth is from Willy Wonka. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you're going the wrong way. But you got the right idea. But yeah, so we recognized him in there. Um, and I, I, I'm sorry, I forgot the name of the actor who played Eddie as he's grown up after they've you know shown the title and finished the credits. We get the the grown up Eddie. He did such a great. You know, awkwardness to the character to make him this. He was basically the lovable nerd, like you know, we, you know that this always picked last in sports and everything. He's exactly what we needed him to be, and he had to have. He'd kind of stick his jaw forward, which at the ending credits, when you get to see photos of, of Eddie Edwards, he did have a, a notable jaw, and you can see he was not a particularly handsome guy. He was kind of an awkward guy, but he just has a great spirit and a great heart. And uh, that's really what drives this movie is you know you want him to succeed because you kind of you can relate to him of just. But you always, he's very encouraging because of the courage he has to try some of the things. And I don't, I don't want to tell you how it ends, but his courage is really what wins out well, in the end. At the, at the end when um, you know he does make it to the Olympics, I, I didn't – as we were watching that scene – I can remember being a kid and, you know, like, I'm thinking, this looks so familiar because we watched the Olympics all the time as a kid. And I know I watched the 88 Calgary Olympics and I actually, I watched the ski jump. And so, like, some of the stuff is they were going through the commentation and... Commentary? Yeah, well, you know, the comment, commentators were talking about, you know, this is the flying fin and that's the, and this guy and Eddie the Eagle and it, it sounded familiar. So, I think I actually did watch it, but as eight, an eight-year-old, you wouldn't understand the significance yeah. of it. And now it was more on significant for Britain, yeah. than it was for us because it was a it was a big deal for Britain because they hadn't had an Olympic ski jumper since they say like nineteen twenty something. Yeah, but it was televised. Like I remember, mm-hmm. I remember like watching the yeah. flying fin, and then and then the British guy or whoever afterwards that was kind of ant. Like I do, I remember that, but I don't remember any of the like made the connection until we saw the movie, yeah. and then it kind of came back. And there is a really nice shout out to Cool Runnings. Actually, at one point you hear the radio is saying that. Uh, that there's competition for winning the hearts of Olympians, and that's from the Jamaican bobsled team. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yay! Uh, so, and because I did mention there are similar plots, some of you were probably thinking, oh, I wonder if it's similar in that way, and I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I think he came out a lot better, though, than the Jamaican bobsled team. But Jamaican bobsled team won hearts for, for being better than anybody thought they would be, which is similar. Uh, but the Jamaican bobsled team... They came out a little worse for wear, but they were heroes because they persevered after they picked up that bobsled when they wreck in Cool Runnings. I think you just gave it all nope. away, dear. I'm just going to tell you, he'll make it, but I won't tell you how he does. Okay, whatever. Because you know he's going to make it. Mm-hmm. When, it when, when it comes down, and it's, it's a really great moment, but I won't tell you how he did in the Olympics. But it's a really good, really good feel, good, real inspiring type of movie. And it really falls into that. Here we go. Here's your Disney connection. It's that Walt Disney thing. If you can dream it, you can do it. He had a dream of going to the Olympics and he just wasn't going to quit until he got there. And as you can already see in the commercials, he does make it. Uh, and then what he does there is a great achievement and he really won the hearts of Britain and everybody in the audience. Uh, you're really going to pull for this. Yeah, in the world, you know. The world, really. But, well, no one else in the world really, I think, understood the significance when watching of what he was doing. Compared to what they knew in Britain, you know, like, oh my gosh, a ski jumper in Britain? You know, so. Britain would have really felt it, but there was enough coverage to be coverage of him. Yeah. Yeah. 
but definitely a, a, a worth going. And I, this is definitely a, a family friendly. I think there was only maybe one minor swear word in the entire thing. The only thing we might caution parents is there is one scene, and they make it kind of a humorous. Uh, where he's going to, uh, he's it's trying to sauna. ask for help in a sauna where a bunch of men are in this sauna. And there is a shot, and they're trying to be funny, where everything's covered. Well, let's call it like an Austin Powers type scene, where everything's covered, but you see enough that, that where, yeah, you can tell there's a bunch of naked guys and from the side or whatever. Uh, which really wasn't necessary, except for they make it a joke later, because there is a joke. It's like, yeah, you want to be as good as Eddie the Eagle? Put on some clothes. You know, so it is kind of a joke for later, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think uh, that. I think that's probably how they earn their PG thirteen. But yeah, it is. It is worth bringing the family to. But you know, be forewarned, there is that scene. So if you're going to be concerned about that with your children, then. But there it is. But yeah, definitely the spirit of Walt Disney was in this film. So I think any Disney fan would enjoy this. I agree. Mama, now the gator got in the house. Now the gator. Give me that sugar. Come here. Oh. Get him, Mama. Oh. Get that gator. Oh. Ah. The Neverland Trailer Park. Guess you heard about the boy. You know, word travels in this town. How long has he been out there? Six years. You don't survive in a forest for six years alone. He says he wasn't alone. So that is the trailer that was showed for Disneyland 60, the new Pete's Dragon. And if Bryce Dallas Howard had not come out and said, oh, here is the new trailer for the Pete's Dragon, I would not have thought this was Pete's Dragon. <laughs> and, of course, I'm here with Lost Boy Philip because I know you've got a family love for this. Movie. Oh, yes. I had toys of it growing up. I adore Elliot the Dragon. I adore, adore the original Pete's Dragon. And I'm, I have hope for the new film, but I just saw the trailer. And it makes me think, what is this movie supposed to be? But my question is, is it going to be serious? Because yes. it looks to me like it's uh, Pete Tarzan. Yeah. And uh, But that being it said. It could have been the Jungle Book from the look it of it. It could have been. I'm not going to judge until I see it. Yeah. It comes out just right before my August, birthday. August, yeah. So right before your birthday. Two days before. So I intend to see it while I'm out of town, hopefully. Yeah. And I hope it's going to be good. I really do. I hope that, you know, the truth be told, there's no way they can, in my opinion, top the first one. No kidding. Uh, with music and everything of that first movie. Which is Jim not, Dale as Dr. Terminus. I didn't see anything indicating Dr. Terminus is in this no, story. No, either. And Because it does look like and, they're taking this way too seriously. They've lost the charm of Elliot being a cartoon they, and yes. having his fun little, and the fun little songs. 
I hope it's still in there because all we got to see is the little flight. What I was reading about it was that it's not going to be a musical, but they said there is going to be a few flashbacks of that, uh, maybe like, you know, nods to the old. So I have a feeling you're going to hear the kid hum or something. If it's anything like Parent (laughs) Trap, the the remake, which was end up being, in my opinion, just as good, if not better than the original. I actually didn't watch that. I'm not a fan of Lindsay Lohan. Well, this is before she was well known. Yeah, so, but I, I I wasn't really even a fan of the original movie. Really, I love both. I love both. But the fact is, is uh, and Dennis Quaid to me makes that film great. Uh, the remake, and I love uh, Brian Keith in the first one. But as far as this new movie goes, of Peace Dragon, do you think Robert Redford can save it? I, I well, he's he's an honorable actor, and there's a so and there's a few other ones like uh oh, what's his name plays Bones in the new Star Trek films uh um Kurt um. Uh, yeah, he was Lord of the Rings, Carl, or, not Carl, Carl Urban. Urban. Yes. Carl yeah. So there's a country good. singer with last name. This Keith Urban is a country yeah. singer. I always get, I don't know if they're related, but that confuses the day. Either way, he, he's a good actor. He yeah. Might, he might he's be awesome. Able to save it. But we'll see. Okay. I didn't know he was in that. I wonder if he's maybe a, some version of Dr. Terminus. Well, I, maybe. There's a couple other actors who could be that are in yeah. there. Uh, so I, I mean, the Gogans aren't in it. I know that. Oh, so no, no redneck hillbilly family to chase yeah. him down, even though they were part of the fun of the movie. Uh, well, what they said was uh, that nowadays you can't have that because a child being somebody be offended or well, something. a child being uh, they said beaten and yeah. treated badly but i'm sitting there thinking in my opinion nowadays that'd be even bigger and would work more because people are so so uh touchy about that yeah. type of thing yeah so to me it would work even better now than yeah they could they could show them as being full-out abusive but then of course if you go too far with that to, to make it yeah. work you make it more serious than yeah. and you don't have to show anything yeah you don't you have to show anything you could just say but the, I, it feels like they need to lighten the tone up. I mean, because now you got Bryce Dallas Howard looks like she's supposed to be a park ranger now. So, so you're taking the lighthouse yeah, out of there. Uh, so it looks like you know, forget everything you you loved about the well, original movie. And here's the here's, here's what I always dreamed idea. of. Uh, this is I know I'm silly, mm-hmm. but here's what I always dreamed of. I always dreamed of a remake of the musical that would have someone like uh, uh, Gary Oldman as Doctor Terminus. Oh, that'd be so that cool. Had, uh, Jerry. Uh, Jerry Van Dyke as, <laughs> as a hoagie and have and, and Dick Van Dyke could have taken Mickey Rooney's part. You oh, know? yeah. And I, people like that, I thought would have been really great in that. Kind yeah. Of film. Something like that. It would have been fun. You know? And, you know, I, I don't mind a computer, com, computer animated dragon. It for, for Mrs. Gogan. <laughs> oh, goodness. But, see, I don't mind a computer animated dragon. I just hope it's Elliot. Yes. Because they're Elliot. It was just, it's just a charming character. He's what kind of helps sell that movie. So as long as it keeps some of the personality of Elliot and some of the fun of Elliot, and we haven't gotten to see that yet. So this teaser really just teased us a little bit, and we're really going to have to see another trailer before, I guess, we can form a full opinion. Now, she did say on an interview that he has a fuzzy tail, like a hairy tail, So, but it looks to me like it's green still. That yeah. It's supposed to be like, it's just trying to make it look a little more, if you want to say realistic, but it's a dragon. It's a dragon. It's not going to look that realistic. What I like about the imaginary dragon is he's not really imaginary. And I and talk yeah. about at least in the original. Yeah, everybody thinks it's imaginary. Seventy-seven. Yeah. If you haven't seen yeah. it now, God help you. We'll go, or go <laughs> see it. You know, if you haven't seen it, go see it because it, it wasn't a movie that was a big blockbuster hit. No, but they but brought it back. Really good. Nineteen eighty-four, I believe it was. It was eighty-five. They brought uh, it back it was when Gremlins was out. Because I remember when we went to the theater, it was there in one screen, and we decided to go to Gremlins. So I didn't know what Pete's Dragon was. And we went to see it. My dad and mother loved 
the original. Uh, it came out at a time when I was a baby and they needed a day together. They went out, uh, somebody had paid for it for them to go and just get away. And they went and saw that film and they said they walked out of that movie feeling so good, so happy that it really lifted my father's spirits who was a young pastor at the time. He kind of needed that yeah. get away from reality and get to the fun of Disney. And that's what he did. Yeah. And he said the songs had him feeling so good and they went out and bought the soundtrack. We had the record for years. Wow. And still yeah, somewhere? I don't know. Oh. I I don't awesome. find it, but I've been wanting to get the soundtrack. I love it. I mean, it's just a great, great, great film. And then uh, when they brought it out, for some reason, the second time, they took some of the scenes out of the movie, like they were trying to cut back. And mm. so they took out the Gogan singing their song in the beginning and all these things. And then uh, later on, and I knew the song only because of the soundtrack. Yeah. And then later on, when it came out uh, on to the video, of course, we had a copy of that for years and years. And uh, I just absolutely love that film. So I hope the new one's good. I will say this. The animation looks good from what little I've seen in it. Uh, it looks good. But I do hope it has some of the charm. At least it's got some good actors in it. I'll yeah. say that. And speaking of the soundtrack, I think we got to listen to a track from it. And after that, it's time for the Neverland Storytime, which guess what? I have a story of uh, the old book of Peace Dragon. So we'll take right. a listen to that as well. This is your Neverland Storytime. You can listen along with your MP3 device. You will know it is time to listen when you hear the chime like this. Let's begin now. This is the story of Pete's Dragon. You can read along with me in your book. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Let's begin now. Unless you happen to know Pete, you may not believe there really is such a thing as a dragon named Elliot. But there is. In fact, Elliot is Pete's very best friend. And this is the story of what happened to Pete and Elliot in a small town called Passamaquoddy. You see, Pete didn't have a mother and father to take care of him. He was an orphan. So Elliot decided he would take care of Pete himself. Elliot was a fine-looking dragon. He had lovely green scales and purple wings. Like all dragons, he could fly, puff up his cheeks, and breathe fire, and speak dragon talk. But Elliot could also make himself invisible. And not every dragon can do that. Pete thought his dragon was a perfectly wonderful friend. You sure changed my life, Elliot. I didn't think I'd ever be happy until I met you. As the two friends headed for Passamaquoddy, Pete said, Now, Elliot, we want people here to like us. But most folks are sort of scared of dragons at first. So you better make yourself invisible for a while. And with a skip and a bip, Elliot did just that. Remember, whispered Pete as they marched down the main street of town. Behave yourself and watch where you swing your tail. In dragon talk, Elliot said he would be very careful. But a second later, he stepped right into a new sidewalk of wet cement. Pete took one look at the footprints and moaned. Elliot, look what you're doing! 
Elliot quickly jumped out of the cement and accidentally smashed a picket fence with his tail. The noise frightened the egg seller and the milkman's horse, and soon there were broken eggs and spilled milk everywhere. Come on, Elliot. I've got to get you out of Passamaquoddy before you wreck the whole town. Pete and Elliot ran toward the rocky cliffs along the coastline. Here stood the tall Passamaquoddy lighthouse, whose bright beam of light warned passing ships of the jagged rocks below. In the side of a cliff down by the pounding surf, Pete found a cave big enough for Elliot. We'll stay here for a few days. And the two friends soon made themselves comfortable. Before long, Pete heard a voice calling from the cave entrance. Hello in there. Elliot quickly disappeared as a very pretty lady peered into the dark cave. Hi, I'm Nora. Pete smiled shyly. Uh, hello. I'm Pete. This cave isn't a very nice place to stay, said Nora. Why don't you come up to the lighthouse and stay with my dad and me? Pete smiled. Okay, that sounds great. As he left the cave, Pete whispered to Elliot, "You stay here while I look around." <laughs> When Nora and Pete reached the lighthouse, a man with a white beard was waiting. Who's this young fellow, Nora? Dad, this is Pete. He's going to stay here with us for a few days. Pete shook hands. Pleased to meet you, sir. Just call me Lampy. Welcome aboard, Pete. Early the next morning, even before Nora and Lampy were awake, Pete ran down the cliff to Elliot's cave. Nora swell. He reported to the interested dragon. And so is Lampy. I told them all about you, but I don't think they believe in you. Pete was right. Nora and Lampy thought dragons only existed in fairy tales. One day, Pete came to the cave wearing a brand new suit. Hi, Elliot. Nora is taking me to start school today. Do you want to come along? <laughs> Elliot sure did. He turned invisible and followed Pete to the schoolhouse. In fact. Elliot was so excited that he tried to talk to Pete through the classroom window. Shh, Elliot, I've got to study now. Pete, who are you talking to? Demanded the teacher. I'm sorry, I was shushing my dragon, Elliot. When I ask you a question, young man, I expect a truthful answer. Now go stand in the corner. From the look on Miss Taylor's face, Elliot could see that Pete was in trouble. Pete needs me, Elliot thought, crashing right through the side of the schoolhouse. The wall collapsed, and so did Miss Taylor. Uh oh! Pete gulped. Elliot's done it again. Soon the whole town was blaming Pete for the strange accidents. The schoolhouse, the cement, the picket fence, the eggs—they had all happened when Pete was there. The fishermen even started to blame him when they didn't catch any fish. Everybody said that Pete was a jinx. That night, Pete was worried. I won't be able to stay in Passamaquoddy after what Elliot did today. 
Cheer up, Pete. Said Nora. Lampy and I won't let anyone make you leave. Outside, a terrible storm was brewing. Huge bolts of lightning flashed across the sky. Lampy looked concerned. This is going to be a mighty bad storm. We'd better check the light upstairs. The ships will certainly need it tonight. All three of them rushed up the lighthouse steps. At the top, Nora exclaimed, Oh no, the lamp is out! The storm has broken the glass, said Lampy. The wick is wet. We'll never get it lit. Through the flashes of lightning, Nora could just make out a ship tossing wildly on the ocean. Dad, a ship! Without the light, it's sure to hit the rocks. Suddenly, Pete had an idea. Ellie can help. As Pete rushed out of the lighthouse, Nora shouted, Pete, come back! How can a make-believe dragon help save the ship? But Pete was already running toward Elliot's cave through the raging storm. Elliot, wake up! We need you at the lighthouse! <laughs> Elliot jumped up, and Pete climbed on his back. They struggled out through the pouring rain. Come on, Elliot! I know you're kind of big, but you'll have to squeeze up the lighthouse stairs. We've got to keep trying, said Nora to her father. If we don't... Nora stopped. She saw Pete. And there beside him was Elliot's big green face. <laughs> He's real. There really is a dragon. Of course, said Pete. He's going to light the lamp. Elliot puffed up his cheeks and blew a tremendous blast of flame. Lit immediately, and a bright beam of light shot out through the darkness. Elliot, you did it! Lampy peered out to sea. Look! The ship is turning away from the jagged rocks. It's safe now. Nora smiled at Elliot. I thought you were just a make-believe dragon, but now I can see you're a real live hero. At that, Pete's green dragon blushed a bright red. The next day, both Pete and Elliot were heroes. In fact, the mayor of Passamaquoddy gave Elliot a beautiful gold medal for breathing fire above and beyond the call of duty. Pete hugged Elliot. Gosh, you're terrific. I wish everyone could have a dragon for a friend. Yeah.
I swear I saw a dragon, his tail lashing, he'll be smashing every shop in town. With scaly feet, he'll crack the street and tear the steeple down. It's not some loony dream, I heard a scream from Sheriff Brown. It's true, it's true, oh what are we to do? It's true, it's true, Olaf is in a stew. A dragon, a dragon, Olaf is on a dragon. Your attention please. Disney Movie News. Okay, for movie news this week, the main thing I really want to get into was the announcement that they're planning to release an R-rated version of Batman vs. Superman, The Dawn of Justice, on straight home video. Uh, Apparently because of the success of Deadpool, because right now it is one of the top-grossing R-rated movies of all time. And so it it makes people wonder if there's going to be a trend, because Fox has said, oh, well, Wolverine, we can go R-rated with that. He he didn't want to do that. Hugh Jackman said, not while I'm Wolverine. Well, he's not going to be with for one no, more movie. True, so still, at, when he's gone, who knows what they'll I do. i got to say, I admire that about him. Yeah. I like Hugh Jackman. He's really, he's a cool guy. And also, his new movie, by the way, Eddie the Eagle, which we, you've heard a review, by the way. Everybody else listened to this show, but I'm telling Philip right now, so good. So good. So, uh, but Fox has always, even with PG-13, you're allowed to have one F word. And maybe you show one bare backside. And Fox has been slowly pushing that. And now that they can get something with R-rated, you know they're going to push as much as they can. And we might use R-rated X movie, X-Men that, movies. That's a that's a shame because the fact of the matter is, is uh, it is supposed to be family entertainment. After yeah. All. Now I know it's supposed to be <laughs> coming from me, and a lot of people think that this guy, you know, he's he's so stuck on morals. Well, the thing is, people can say anything they want to that words don't matter, but they do. In fact, tomorrow I'll be talking about that. I'm a pastor, incidentally. And I'll be talking <laughs> yeah. about that we all know Lost Boy Phil, don't we, right? I'm a, I'm a pastor, and the truth matter is, is not everybody is, is this way. They, they don't care so much about words, but everybody, whether they want to admit or not, is very sensitive about certain words, whether it be a curse word or whether it be a word that offends, words that quite honestly should not offend most of the time. The fact is everybody has words that offend them. That's yeah. just how it is. And we, If you're overweight, you don't want to hear the word fat. I know because I used to be 500 pounds. I'm not that now. Yeah. So all I'm saying is, is that everybody has words that offend them, whether they want to admit or not. And it, it to me, it's offensive that I can't take my nephews or nieces to go see these films when it has radar, unless I've seen it myself first and know. Because yeah. that why is, did they get the R? That's why. And when that's I went right. to it, I was expecting okay, it's going to have some humor, and it probably hasn't already because yeah. it's going to be violent. And I, all right, so he's going to swear. But uh, the word I'm going to use for what else was in there was explicit. I did not expect some of the explicit content. That I I didn't I didn't know it was going to be there. I you know I'm not a fan of Deadpool, and I think they put some of that content in there because not only is the Deadpool fans just expect and want that, but it also helped kind of cover up the fact that the plot was just a basic revenge plot, and the character there's really not any character development. Well, we- now, granted, the action sequences were excellent. 
there were some moments that I laughed because they made fun of Ryan Reynolds' career and the whole Green Lantern thing, yeah, and they me. did do they did do some things that were funny. I'm not seeing it yet, but there's but a lot of things I that it, I don't think need I, to be I, there. I will see it, but when I do, most likely I'll borrow it from a friend where I can either fast forward through things or whatever. <laughs> oh, it'll sneak stuff up on you. Yeah, I will yeah. not look at Dr. Leslie Tompkins from Gotham the same way again, because uh, now I have had, yeah, I saw a lot more of her than I need to. Let's, we'll use the word explicit because I'm trying to keep a family friendly yes, show. And that's, that's so I can't talk too much about the movie, but now I think one of the main reasons it has made that movie is not so much because it, they, because they managed to get an R rating, yeah. but because they were trying to stay true to what the character was. So people who are rabid fans of Deadpool got what they wanted from the character. See, but I personally, and I think if they just make characters, make movies that stay true to who the characters are supposed to be, the fans will go crazy and go for it. And you make a, you can make plenty of money in their movie studios. Send this back to Zack Snyder before Man of Steel was made. (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. I I don't hate Man of Steel, but to me, the biggest problem with Man of Steel is that almost none of the characters were true to the characters in the comic book. And I don't know. Although I liked the actor for Superman. I love the actor for Superman. He did great for what he was supposed to do. Right. He was supposed to be whiny and piney and not Superman. Yeah. But but that's the problem I had with it. Same with Kevin Costner did good what he was supposed to do, but that was not Jonathan Kent. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's just how it is. But that being said, I am looking forward to the new film. Except, uh, to me, Superman has always supposed to have been the Boy Scout, and Batman is supposed to be the moody, broody. The Dark uh, Knight. Yeah, poor little <laughs> me, Brucey. And I, by the way, love both of them. Yes. Uh, but I'm more of a Superman man, only because yeah. of the spirit of him. But that's the problem I have when they change it. I don't think they should have an R rating. I think that they should stick to something that the whole family can watch. Yeah. Because the because thing kids are going to want to go see it because it's exactly right. Uh, Eric actually showed me a very, really, really good article and talked about, you know, like during the Frank Miller age and some comics that did kind of push to try to be more grown up and actually linked it to where, you know, their comic sales went down for a while. Yeah. Because there is that element to comics that is a little bit childish and silly because, all right, Batman has got a secret hidden layer underneath yeah. his building. It's a little silly. Yeah. Well, but that, like that's part of Yeah. And he dresses like a bat. There's Robin, yeah, that's yeah. that little bit of fun that is the childish nature of it that is still appealing to an adult because we find that fun. Well, so you, and you can, yeah, it's that fantasy. You have to be able to escape. Right. It's, it's the escapism. And I think Disney with Marvel has been doing great with Marvel Studios and what they've done with characters by keeping it to where it's enough where you could take a kid to and they can still enjoy it, but yet it's still grown up enough, you know, like the Muppets. It's grown up enough, but yet still the kids can, you know, you can go the whole family. go a little too far with that even, but... They haven't gone so far. Yeah. Yes. There's a line you gotta know. It's like, okay, well, if we cross this, then parents are not are not gonna want their kids to watch this. Punisher films so far, most of them have not been good, and part of the problem is they go way too far. Now, I think that you can have Punisher. Yes, the man who's shooting, killing, yeah. even cursing. Well, we'll point. see how they do in the Netflix yeah, with uh, right. Daredevil. Even though I know that they'll they'll he'll curse, I guarantee you that. I guarantee yeah. there'll be violence, but. There is a line. You can know that he's killing someone without seeing brains. Yeah, you don't have to splatter all over the yeah. screen in, in order to show that. it. And like I said, I won't even talk about the cursing because, I mean, maybe they feel they have to do that. I don't know. But as far as the violence itself, you don't have to show blood and guts in order to us to know that he just shot the guy's heart out. Yeah. You know? And Alfred Hitchcock knew sometimes is what you don't see that is it more is. intense. It's the same thing they did with Steven Spielberg did, partially because they couldn't afford it. With Jaws, it. yes. Jaws. Oh, that first scene so scary because you can't see what's happening. Have, but you, you ever seen, have you ever seen that when they drew out the uh, screenplay for it, they drew it all out, originally – well, it was supposed to be, it was a shock, it was supposed to, supposed jump to come up, up yeah. water, pull her down, 
But the truth is, get it, it to was work. far more scary that you couldn't see. That you, you couldn't just see it. There somewhere. Yeah. When she has that first pull down, because you're like, you can, oh, no. You can never outdo someone's imagination. Yes. Just can't be done. Yes. At least my mind. Yep. And, yeah, there's no way really we could ever see Superman, though, in an R-rated film. So no. we, I, I still am of the notion, although I did I did love Days of Future Past, and although there are some things with Apocalypse that make me wonder if they've gone too far with some stuff, I still want to see X-Men Apocalypse, mm-hmm. but I'd still love to see that back in the hands of Marvel Studios. Yeah, and I still love everything Marvel Studios have done, and my top movie coming is going to be Captain America Civil War. Yeah, well, I tell you, there's a lot I want to see, and that definitely looks good. Oh, yeah. It definitely looks good. I'm hoping that Marvel gets the rights to Fantastic Four because uh, yes. that should be – the Fantastic Four should be involved with all the space stuff. It, yes. It oh, be. can you see the Fantastic Four and the Guardians of the Galaxy together? Yes. It would be so well, cool. Absolutely. The villains and some scrolls back in there. Get oh, some yes. – a scroll Cree war start happening. The Guardians of the Galaxy That'd and Fantastic Four caught in the middle. That would be great. Oh, I hope someday. Nerding out, nerding <laughs> out. Yeah, there's so many things that could happen if they could get it all under one roof, or at least get Fox to play ball. Yeah, I love that Sony. They, they, I, I understand wanting to keep Spider-Man, yeah, but I, I love that they decided. You know what? We want to be part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Let's work together. Yeah, they knew there's no great idea. It. Yeah, so, make it part of it, and so please make a great Spider-Man. Uh, yeah. I, they, they've still not shown anything in the Civil War. I, I'm, I, but I'm just gonna be excited think, that we have a Spider-Man, even if it's a teenager again. Well, you know, do you think that we're gonna have a Iron Spider in this film? No. Oh, that would be great. They that would be kind of cool. But I see they need to start establishing, you know. Yes. And uh, they, they, I know that they don't want to have him reveal himself as Peter Parker. Yeah. So we don't know what role Spider-Man is going to play in this. Now there has been some some rumors that there's going to be a controversial ending, which could be, you know, maybe Captain America, you know, in the comic books, Captain America was shot and you know there was assassination that didn't quite work because the Super Soldier Serum did bring him back. But I don't think they can do that. Because he is slated to, for the Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. So I kind of wondered if, well, that'd be controversial if you shoot him, yeah. you know, and then, then the Winter Soldier Falcon. becomes the new or, Captain America. Or, Falcon, uh, or yeah, Falcon, who's the current. Other. I'd want to see Winter Soldier do it because that was how they went. And because I love the Falcon as the Falcon in his wings. He's just awesome. It, 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 great actor. I love, I, I'm loving Anthony Mackie as the Falcon. He's yeah. so cool. That's great. So, That's great. but yeah, so, uh, Overall, I'd say if if they start pushing towards an R raid, I I wouldn't worry. Parents with your kids, Disney and Marvel Studios, I don't think will ever cross that line. Let's stop praying, hope not. Yeah, because I think they know. I mean, it's still being Disney. Granted, has had some outside companies like Miramax that they've done some R rated stuff, but doing something like this, I mean, this would be like almost going for a Star Wars movie that they had to push to go R rated. They know what would be stupid. They know what would they would completely lose their audience. They they would most definitely be. Taking money from out of their own pockets. Yes, it would be. And you might you make more money if the entire family can go because that's four or five tickets compared to that one or two tickets. More buttered popcorn. (laughs) I mean, honestly, that's for the theaters. That that's how they make their money. But but that being said, one thing being said, you get more people. And yeah. the parents are forced to buy more tickets. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. just how it is. Yeah. So I wouldn't worry about there that suddenly we're going to have an R-rated Avengers. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Okay, so I hope not. Yeah. But that that's what we think. You bet. That's our opinion. <laughs> that's our opinion. And we're right most of the time, I think. <laughs> if you don't think we're right, well, you know what? Send us feedback. Tell us how we're wrong. There you go.
racing yet. Just follow me to the channel to get ready. I want to give a big shout out to Disney Indiana and congratulate them for 200 episodes. I recorded a quick segment with them, so go check it out, DisneyIndiana.com. They are on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe and listen to them. Uh, you've probably heard their ads and heard them on the show many times, but go check it out. I recorded a segment, Lost Boy and Eric I together. It will be on that show. Also, I've 
I, it was basically sending feedback to Techno Retro Dads, but it's kind of a long segment. Uh, I suspect they'll be playing it this week. Go check them out and hear what I had to say as a response to their episode about the 50th anniversary of the Monkees, which go back and listen to last week's episode if you didn't hear it, if you were at all a fan of the Monkees. Uh, I had a pretty good follow-up about that. Uh, that's, I think, the precursor or the, the follow-up to the Monkees, really, are a, another band called the Aquabats, and so I sent them a quick file about that, which they'll probably be airing this week, so go and check that out as well. I would also like to remind you all to check out our YouTube channel where I have been doing a lot of toy box reviews for the Disney Infinity 3.0 and all the different toy box creations. I've been trying to, as best I can, keep up with some of the different challenges that they've put out and what people have made. I'm also going to feature some toy boxes that maybe are not getting the attention of some of the other ones that you might enjoy. It's been really kind of fun to just record a little gameplay and tell everybody what I think. Uh, I actually received a contact from Diz Explorer 03 that I reviewed one of his boxes, which was actually a pick of the week on the uh, Disney Infinity. They have their own uh, toy box TV that you can watch through the game or on their YouTube channel. You go and check it out. But he actually got to see that video, so I've actually managed to make contact with him. And on his, he's got a YouTube channel as well, and he shares a lot of interesting tips for how you can make a better toy box. Uh, I think I'm going to try to maybe have him on the show sometime to kind of share some of that information. Uh, he's done some really, really great stuff, and he's got some really great ideas, and I'm really saying that he is willing to share some of how he designs toy boxes. You can also get a preview of his toy boxes on a lot of his videos. Uh, so definitely go and check that out. But that will do it for this week. Thank you for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, a link to visit our shop, and much more. And please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. Or email us at podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. If you email us a Lost Boy or Pixie nickname with a reason why you chose that name, you can become an official Neverlander. Girls are too clever to get lost, so we are naturally magical pixies. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support in keeping the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit patreon.com slash neverlandpodcast to donate to keeping the pixie dust alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions. God God bless. bless! What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.